Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Finding those productivity tools that help you save time running your business so that you can focus on your client relationships, right? And I I really think those and developing your skill and being expert in it and then constantly working on that craft and evolving it so you have an edge over, you know, the other things that are out there. I, I have a belief that, you know, with all this automation and AI and what have you coming along, The one thing you cannot commoditize is creativity. For Milo, this is Brandon Hall. And this week, we've got a special bonus edition of Freelance to Founder, featuring the story of Mike McDermott, founder of FreshBooks. Mike scratched his own itch, as they say, solving a pain point he personally faced in sending invoices to clients as a freelance web developer. You may know that much, but what you probably don't know is his backstory and how it fueled his desire to build something of his own. Stay tuned. Speaking of building something your own, this special episode is made possible by our friends at Ripple. When you don't have your own marketing team, but know you need to do more to build your social following, Ripple is the way to go. Ripple is a mobile app that helps you attract and engage potential customers on social networks. You do this by creating beautiful images or engaging videos that you can then customize with your colors, your text, and more, and then deploy that content to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and other destinations. Designing is easy, sharing is even easier. You'll also love their in-app stats and recommendations. Check them out at ripple.com FTF. And listeners can enjoy their pro service for free for seven days to give it a whirl. That's ripple.com slash FTF. R-I-P-L dot com slash F-T-F.
You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. It's a bit of a cliche to think outside the box, isn't it? And yet we all know people who are creative or who take chances or are relentless when it comes to problem solving. But what about people who are so determined to improve their companies that they'll fund employees creating a direct competitor within the walls of their own business to test their standing in the marketplace? And we're talking funding it to the tune of over 18 months of development, new customer signup, and market validation. That takes guts. In this story, those guts belong to Mike McDermott, founder and CEO of FreshBooks. We're gonna wind back the clock to introduce you to the younger Mike McDermott before bringing you back to the present day and what led him to relaunch FreshBooks in 2016, despite years of market domination. Mike was born and raised in a small town just outside Toronto, Canada, the fourth of four children to Robert and Claire McDermott. Well, uh, my, my dad was a son of the, the town doctor in the small town he grew up in and himself a high achiever and, and was uh, 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 an engineer and a lawyer, uh, built up a, helped a, build up a firm here in Toronto that was quite a good size. And then uh, my mom actually, I think my mom was the entrepreneur of the family. She uh, built a variety of things, but more in the nonprofit sector. and so. She started programs for a variety of constituents um, that uh, she believed were underserved. And uh, 
These include, she, she actually did a great thing here where she would help people. She built a, like a multi-million dollar program to help people get their, their first jobs. And it would like find people in the corporate world and like get suits because part of the, part of the reason people couldn't get jobs is because they weren't dressed to look the part, right? And so finally, uh, probably her, her most uh, proud uh, thing career-wise was she, she built a program uh, called Kids Have Stress Too, which is about um, helping children in elementary schools and things of this nature understand that they have stress and give them coping mechanisms. A lot of kind of inner city school uh, work that she was in the classrooms helping people with. And, um, you know, now it's actually nationally here in Canada. It's making its way into various states in the U.S. And it's it's just uh, a really uh, highly impactful thing because lots of kids don't even know that what they're feeling is stress, let alone how to deal with it. With an 11-year range between his eldest brother and himself, Mike jokes that he learned from everyone else's mistakes. You could almost sense a cringe that his siblings might hear this on our show. I feel like you really need my siblings to answer. Uh, and I'm sure it wouldn't be pretty if you, you got them. So um, I don't know. I was I had the benefit of learning from everyone else's mistakes, right? I I really I watched my siblings go to school and you know go through all these stages in life and so i, I felt uh, very sort of blessed to to have that perspective yeah, to some extent they were uh i wasn't i wasn't really adventuring for some time off on my own because i was kind of doing things that you know they had already done he loved sports mostly hockey was a happy-go-lucky kid and doesn't remember having much in the way of mentors necessarily that wouldn't come until later. I don't, I don't think I really knew what a, a mentor was. I hadn't really seen them or, I, you know, I guess I, I grew up in a generation where I wouldn't really call my, my parents. I never doubted for a day in my life that I was supported or loved, but I wouldn't exactly call them coaches necessarily either. And so it wasn't really on the home front. I know some parents uh, afford that to their children. And and then at school, I, you know, I didn't really come across it. And uh, it wasn't until, frankly, you know, undergrad university when I started, um, you know, sort of playing some sports there that I started bumping into people who were, were, were kind of oriented a little more that way. I didn't, I didn't really have that um, almost until really in earnest my entrepreneurial career. And then some people started, um, I guess, kind of leaving some fingerprints on me in a very good way. Mike mentions his entrepreneurial career as though it was further down the road. But the truth is, he had that bug early on. In fact, his mother nurtured that in him, encouraging him to consider how he could impact others' lives while working for himself. I think there were signs. Um, I, you know, I remember, I mean, it's going to sound silly, but as early as grade two, when we did like parent-teacher night and people are like, show your work, like I designed a video game and told people I was going to sell a lot of it. Um, you know, and I, I got lots of comments back from, you know, parents actually saying that I was pretty entrepreneurial. But to be honest, until I was like 30, I forgot that I had done that. Um, you know, and I remember my mom actually, to her credit, gave me a book one year for we celebrate Christmas in my family. So it was like grade 12 or something like that. She gave me a, a book about, you know, entrepreneurship. And I was like, I, I literally, and, and this, I mean, I guess says probably something about me. I was like, oh, why would you give me this book? So, so no, it wasn't clear to me. I think it started to get clear to her. And then, uh, you know, and then just coming out of school, I was just unhappy with every path and alternative until I started doing things on my own. And that's, it seemed to be a theme. I kept coming back to like, when I'm building something, I'm happy. And when I'm not, I'm, I'm not. 
But Mike followed the more traditional path, at least initially. He enrolled at Queen's University and then saw that corporate wall staring right back at him. I, I do think like I worked pretty hard in like high school and stuff like that. And I did have a time where um, I think it's an important lesson. It was kind of like my breaking point from uh, I grew up in a wonderful household with very clear expectations. And uh, they were probably steering me more to the more that, you know, like be a lawyer or uh, when I finished high school, I got accepted to this really good business school. But I took a year off and I actually went out west and I was uh, I was a, a, a ski lift operator for for a year. And uh, I was I was like 17. Uh, but that was actually where I started. I think that's where I began to kind of like find my way. Uh, I then went to undergrad, went to this business school, didn't love it. But I, I think, you know, the next point that uh, becomes relevant was I, I left the program uh, at the start of the fourth year and I started two businesses. So I went to a very good business school uh, in the end. I almost can't believe I, I got in. So I did. And, and what the thing about that business program is, is that they're just trying to churn out middle managers for like P and G, right? Like brand manager. So that was kind of, and I, I actually hated it. And it sort of put me off the path of almost doing business for a bit. It just, it just wasn't for me. And I think the people in the program, they're all perfectly nice, but I, I had no uh, affinity for them. In general, Mike was a well-rounded kid like this. He applied perspective to everything he was involved in. There are stories circulating from his mother that he would go on multiple weeks-long canoe trips as a counselor with younger kids, even as young as 14 years old himself. In fact, he would sit his parents down and outline his plan for the year, including adventures just like this. Later, after he graduated from university, he started doing freelance work for others. He ran a four-person design firm, building websites mostly, and then he met Joe Sawada and later Levi Cooperman. But I got very into Ultimate Frisbee uh, for a number of years um, and, uh, you know, just had, I, 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 you know, I, it was my first kind of like all out passion where kind of no one would stop me and I could stop me. And I was sort of self-governed and, you know, uh, from you know, competing sort of internationally to, to, to uh, running events and all these kinds of things. It was, uh, I, I threw myself into it. And along the way, uh, I actually met Joe. And that was a, a great gift. And uh, we met through uh, a mutual friend who introduced us. And we had this, this common ground of, of being into Frisbee. And, uh, and then Joe and I started working together for a while before, uh, you know, kind of like eight months or something like that before he introduced me to Levi. Um, and then uh, not long after that, Levi left his job. And, you know, he and I have been working, you know, together sort of side by each for, you know, over a decade now, uh, ever since. See, while running that design firm, Mike really disliked the billing and admin aspect of the business. But the breaking point came when he saved a new version of an invoice for a current customer, ruining some history of his past work and creating a major headache for himself. It was that one minor mistake that helped him realize tasks like this should be much easier and safer than the way he was currently doing things, which was the way most freelancers do things. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I, I think you could say it like that. Like I'd studied, um, you know, accounting in this business school and I had actually done some bookkeeping in high school and uh, I didn't really like doing either one. And, and, and when I saved over that invoice, I will say it wasn't just the frustration of having lost the data 
and that knowing that this was a, a bad way to do things, it was clear to me that I had all these other coping mechanisms for not having a good system in place. And, you know, every few weeks I would be like, oh my gosh, who owes me money and how much do they owe me? And I have to like practice forensic accounting. I go through my inbox and see, well, who did I send an invoice to? And like, I was just wasting all this, this mental energy, subconscious energy, wondering, you know, if I'd have enough cash in the bank. And, and that's when I decided like, hey, I really don't like the accounting software that's available today. Why don't I just uh, hack together a little something? Uh, is a kind of side fun project for me because I was kind of learning programming at the time. And that's, uh, you know, the rest, as uh, they say, is, is kind of history. It was time for someone to build a product that made the behind the scenes easier so you could focus on the front of the house, so to speak. Well, here's what I'd say is um, there were some products that performed accounting for small business, um, but they worked on your desktop computer, so they weren't in the cloud, and uh, they were built for your accountant and not for you. And so I think the core thing that's always made FreshBooks different is um, you, you know, the people who find us and choose us are you know, making that selection and it's because we're super easy to use versus having something sort of imposed upon them by their accountant or bookkeeper. And uh, we believe that makes all the difference. Like our product, so like our, our actual vision for the product um, in sort of phase one is uh, that you can successfully run your business without having to learn accounting, right? And the belief there is that you have so many other things going on. Frankly, you probably started going into business for yourself because of a passion versus a desire to do accounting and bookkeeping um, that, you know, we just believe you should be able to focus on your passion, not have to learn, you know, debits and credits and uh, some of these other concepts that, you know, are, are frankly attacks on you doing what you love. And that brings us to FreshBooks. Mike, Joe, and Levi had the core idea down for what the company would offer the world, but they also knew they wanted to build something special a company you loved working for each day. They knew they needed that company to stand for something, to truly do things differently if they really wanted to attract the best local talent. Now, while that's always true, it's especially true when you're first starting out. Very early on in the building of this company, I, I kind of was just glommed onto the notion that culture is strategy and, and building a great place that people want to come to is is sort of also one of those things that gives me a lot of uh, personal satisfaction you can feel good about when you look around and people are really dialed in like you know when I walk around the office here there's really good energy and people are working hard and you know that doesn't just kind of happen I think that notion of, of sort of mission driven and the importance of culture was probably absent from the business schools uh, for the most part it, it, it just seemed like such a narrow path so maybe here's another thing and everyone kind of seemed on some levels the same and when I look around FreshBooks, like we're such a diverse cast of characters that are kind of quirky and, you know, it's, it's kind of like nothing like that. So maybe what I learned is I don't like that other thing. And it seems like we've built something very different here, which, uh, you know, which is, you know, enormously exciting to me. What we do here is much bigger than, um, than say, me or that early idea. And we help so many people every month. Um, you know, our mission at FreshBooks is to reshape the world to suit the needs of self-employed professionals and their teams. And we've done that with accounting software. We actually did that with the ability to uh, sort of easily collect 
payments online, which was quite hard. It was really just like PayPal that was available. And we've made that much, much easier uh, than it's ever, ever been before and better suited to the, the customers that we serve. Um, uh, so I, anyways, and, and with the way that we serve customers and kind of design product and the customer orientation that we have, um, you know, I, I get, you know, I feel very lucky um, with how I spend my time. I feel like, you know, I'm having a really positive impact in the world, which is, which is, you know, I'm super grateful for. If you're familiar with Claire McDermott, maybe you can hear Mike's mother in those words. The premise behind her Kids Have Stress Too Foundation is to provide children with the tools to deal with stress effectively while providing a program for parents, caregivers, and educators to understand childhood stress. So let's fast forward a bit. With a passion for the problem they were solving and the customers they were solving it for, FreshBooks quickly rose to become the industry standard along with Intuit with a full suite of accounting and back office products to help freelancers and small business owners. There are many additional competitors now, no shortage of them. Well, uh, I mean, to understand how it's different, I think just a little bit of context. Uh, what we were able to do uh, from those humble beginnings, which you spent a lot of time talking about, um, was over the years, like I didn't know anything about building a product company at all. I had been doing consulting, helping people build their websites, you know, drive traffic to their sites, convert it to, to customers. Um, that's what I was helping other people do. And so we applied a lot of those things to ourselves. But, you know, we've had to learn everything from sort of first principles. And um, uh, along the way, we made some really great decisions and, and um, uh, you know, eventually we got to a point where we realized, hey, like our technical, our technology platform's like a, a decade old and that's that's generally about the time it's time to reboot things and new considerations to look after. And But Mike and his team stay on top of what each is doing to evolve the space. And, uh, you know, you fast forward to sort of 2014, we've actually built the market leading product for self-employed professionals and their teams like we're, we're we we created a new segment like nobody was serving or even talking about that segment at that time so so we're the leader uh you know we're the biggest we're number two to intuit in north america for a cloud-based accounting software so it, it's uh, a, a huge success but when we started looking into the future we said hey uh this product's been great for the last 10 years but you know in a few more years do we really feel like we're winning with it and the answer was you know not so sure. Um, so, so we decided, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we replatform it? Despite that leadership position in their new, growing industry, in 2016, his team made a bold decision: rebuild FreshBooks. But here's how they did it: quietly but quickly, and fully in stealth mode, they built a new product called BillSpring that would compete directly with FreshBooks. New company, new website everything completely separate after providing bill spring to new customers for free for the first year and operating it for a total of about 18 months with no reference to fresh books at all their data delivered the easy decision bill spring would become the completely new fresh books platform and what we wanted to do was uh, we want to set up the future for future success on a, on a bunch of vectors but uh, I think one of the core things that we'd learned was over 10 years serving our customers and we're you know, doggedly customer focused and, um, you know, very service oriented. One of the few sort of companies in the world. We've 
you know, sort of been uh, recognized in many places, many times for, you know, the great uh, service that we provide. Um, we, we just learned so much, right? So we learned better ways to serve our customers. And I just had this feeling like, hey, when we started this thing out, we made a bunch of design decisions. I actually think we can make our product easier to use and that's going to help more people and ultimately save them time and and despite being the easiest to use on the market despite being the industry leader for the segment that you know we created frankly uh you know we just felt like we could make it you know far simpler and so that's you know that was that was kind of the the core thing and then we get some other benefits with the the new platform now maybe you've heard the oft-quoted metaphor of building the plane or repairing the plane while flying it. It's a bad one, isn't it? You might be able to build a company on the fly, especially a software company, adding features and enhancements while the product is actually live, but you certainly can't build an actual plane while flying it. It's one of those ridiculous Silicon Valley metaphors. What Mike McDermott led his FreshBooks team to do was build a better plane to keep the metaphor going. The FreshBooks plane was flying well, but Mike felt the market needed something better. So he built BillSpring, and it eventually became the next FreshBooks. Genius. Pulling something like this off is a tremendous lesson for other freelancers and founders. Sometimes the hardest thing you can do is to disrupt yourself. The Gary V's of the world would have you think companies big and small can and should be looking to do this continually. It's just not realistic for most of us. It's a hard thing to pull off. An excitable, Gary Vaynerchuk, however motivational, never shares how companies can actually do such a thing. And yet, Mike McDermott did it with FreshBooks. He assigned a team to build and launch a competing product, all while continuing to sign up and serve customers on the legacy platform. That is self-disruption, and few can pull it off. What makes us different, I'll just say as well, is uh, we don't try to be for everyone. We believe, you know, a product, the thing about the small business market is the different, um, you know, a restaurant is very different than like a freelancer. And so we don't do retail, we don't do restaurants, we don't do manufacturing, we just do service-based businesses, uh, a lot of whom are self-employed, everything from like dog walkers to designers. And um and as they grow up, we, we scale with them and help them sort of uh, work with their teams. And so um, we see a world, uh, you know, going forward. I mean, it's so funny. And, and forgive me for the simplicity of saying this, but I think it's powerful and very true. The next thing the world needs, and, and sadly, small business owners are actually like they're behind consumers and they're behind like big, massive corporations in adopting technology. Um, we actually see like the job number one is to like help people know, like, if you're not doing it this way, you're kind of doing it wrong. Mike knows some things about freelancer success. His company has outstanding data on what makes freelance work work and what can get in the way of growing your business into something you can be proud of. His parting words? I think you need to feed your passion. And what I mean by that is you need to deliberately make time. Like, I, first of all, I hope you're doing work that you love. So start there. Because uh, if you're not, like, Try to find something else. Feeding that passion and finding ways to focus your time in the right places is, is basically what I just said. But I think I think that's what gives you the energy and is going to recharge your batteries because it's tough out there. 
right? Like we fundamentally believe like the insight our company is built on is the world is not built for self-employed professionals and their teams, right? Like that's, you know, we're on a mission to reshape it. So it is, uh, and, and we hope to play a material helping hand. And, and those of you who are out there uh, kind of working on your own. Um, but the, the point is the world is not set up for you. In many ways, it's kind of stacked against you or it hasn't caught up with, with what you're doing yet. Like when I was a freelancer uh, back in the day, people thought I was crazy, right? It was like, you know, I should have been working in an office tower and, and, um, it's just one sort of example of how the world is changing to catch up with us. Um, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, do, do what you can to, uh, um, to stay true to yourself and, uh, and really focus in on that passion because that's where your energy is going to come from. You're going to produce better work. You're going to attract better clients and, and, uh, you know, fundamentally build a better life for yourself. And that's the story of Mike McDermott, founder of FreshBooks. Coming up next week, Sarah Morgan. You know her as XO Sarah. You can't do things randomly if you want those, you know, 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers. Like the people with crazy Instagram accounts, they're scheduling everything in advance. They're writing their captions really strategically. They're pinning at sp- or they're uh, Instagramming at specific times. Nothing they're doing is random, even though it looks random. I hear people all the time say like, oh, it would be so fun to be an Instagram influencer. You just like take photos and post. And I'm like, oh no, that's a full-time job. You have no idea. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Freelance to Founder. 